0: I'm Ron Algar-Watt and this is More Bits. This is a chat I had with Seattle-based comedy troupe, now with Dames. The troupe is comprised of Christy Brannon, Kenny Davis, Jimmy Sorrentino, and Corey Bailey, who was unable to attend. This interview ties to a sketch that the group contributed to my sketch comedy podcast, Sarcastic Voyage, which appears in episode 183 of that show. So I was told that I would be speaking with now with dames, but apparently it's only now with Dame because the other one is off. What doing some child thing or taking yeah. care, being a, a good mother? Is that the, is that the cover story we're going with here? This sounds
1: <laughs> like the invention of the word mother, of like oh what what does this mean? Oh, what what do you is call it? That? Some child. Okay. I emerge
2: from
3: trying to protect and care for another human.
2: Nurture something. Technically, no. there might I mean, only be one dame here, but that's only because I'm pre-op. Ah, so okay, soon.
0: Hmm. You might you might look into the getting losing the beard. I mean, just a just the thought. I'm not gonna you know. I don't wanna. Yeah. I don't wanna step on anything. But that I might. mean. The, ah,
1: but his girlfriend's a nice person.
2: <laughs> true. She's very open. Nice. She likes the beard. She
1: is the
0: beard.
2: I think yeah, is that's what, what say. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So I have to ask, because it's just one of those mandatory things, and it probably won't even make it into the show, Would please explain the name of your troupe.
1: So originally, uh, Jimmy and I were in a sketch comedy group up in Bellingham called Backflip Wilson, which was uh, five dudes, um, Mm -hmm. as sketch comedy tends to be. Sure.
2: (laughs) Five straight white males wholly original
0: we are entirely what's wrong with the establishment
2: we are
1: right here on stage for your uh, for your amusement so uh, Jimmy and I we moved down to Seattle and both had done stand-up but we're looking to get back into sketch so in talking about it um, we thought ideally so we didn't have to necessarily play all the female roles because all it was was like There's the guys in drag ha 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 and, that became the joke. and we right. were wild about that um, so we were um, looking for female performers and at the time um, we ended up uh working with Yola Liu, who was a stand up comic we knew, and then she introduced us to Corey Bailey, so that was like the original version. And we were looking for names, and I know at one point I had pitched Now with Girls, just as like it's back with Wilson, except Now with Girls. Um, I
2: think you are misremembering that. Are sir. you seriously? Because, yeah, I, I actually, are you said seriously? As in I was... am seriously, mm hmm, yeah, I'm so seriously. <laughs> 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 I, uh, I, I said, now with girls. I, uh, I will take credit for this. We I were believe at, you are incorrect, here's, sir. No, here's, here's, All right,
1: let's hear the false version. We, <laughs>
2: <laughs> here's the real way it happened. Uh, so we were at Yola's house for a writing thing. We were trying to come up with a name. And you said, uh, this is just like Backflip Wilson, because uh, we were talking about the similarities between uh, Corey and Yola to different members of Backflip Wilson. And so you said, this is just like Backflip Wilson. And I said, yeah, but now with girls.
1: Oh, that sounds right. But then I see I see where my confusion comes in, because um, Corey was not wild about the word girls, yes. um, just for an age connotation. Sure. And uh, in Backflip Wilson, I had written a sketch called Dames that um, we still do from time to time in this group. And so in just trying to find an alternate version of it, I, I, I had thrown out the word dames, unless Jimmy says that he threw out the word dames. <laughs> I didn't. No, that was you. Okay. So this is, the, okay. Now the unreliable narrator is reliable for a moment. Yeah. We were called now with
2: girls for, like, a couple of days until Corey was honest about the fact that she didn't like the, the connotation of the word girls.
1: And then dames just stuck, and it's, like, an easy... It's kind of like when, like, the kids in the hall, it's, like, one of the kids. Like It's, sure. like, one of the dames. Or... Yeah, and I
0: was I was wondering if I should call you guys the dames, or if, like, are, you yes. two
1: dudes would not like that, or... That's <laughs> totally good. You know,
0: <laughs> so, Christy, I, I imagine you remember it completely differently. You came up with the name, right? And you started the group.
3: <laughs> yeah, actually, um, I moved to Seattle about a year ago, and um, I was just walking down the street, and I saw these guys, and they were talking to some crows and throwing their keys at them. Mm. I said, hey, you guys are pretty funny, so uh, why don't we group up? And I think that a good name for this would be maybe Now with Dames. <laughs> Since uh, I'm a dame and uh,
0: now you have me right now
3: you have me so then we started walking toward a studio to practice and uh, Corey was walking down the street collecting uh, tin cans to turn in for recycling and get money for them and we would said hey you look funny join (laughs) our group and that's when it all started.
0: That that seems the most likely to me yeah. of, of the three stories. Yeah. That seems uh-huh. more likely. I'm
2: suddenly remembering, yeah. Yeah.
0: Now <laughs> I I gotta say I've seen you guys a few, live a few times. I, I enjoy your, your stuff quite a bit. I I quite a few sketches. It's like, damn, I wish I'd thought of that. But really, you were doing the old tired throwing keys at crows thing? I mean, that is so hack. I can't I, I expect more of you guys.
2: It's kinda like doing a classic routine. To us, mm. we're honoring the past. Uh, things that have worked like, um, you know, uh, who's on first. Sure. Throwing keys at Crows seem to be that for us. For Kenny and I. Sure.
0: Yeah. Okay. That makes sense.
2: That, that's fair. I
0: do get sort of an Abbott Costello vibe from you guys, so that, that makes sense. <laughs>
2: I'll let you sort
0: out who's who. Okay. <laughs> so, usually, I'm, I've only talked to a few people locally so far, and usually the story is, oh, we're very young and we met in college ten weeks ago. I, I assume that's <laughs> the same story with you guys that you grew up in the late 2010s, and yeah. You are all about seven years old. And Sorry, I'm about to turn 40, and I'm a little bitter. Don't mind me. Please tell me how you met.
2: You, you look way younger.
0: I, I'm sure the sweat pouring off really, uh, <laughs> really helps with that.
2: It's your eyes. Mm. Limpid pools of blue. I still want to live in them forever. My eyes are green, Jimmy. Oh. I'm, I have trouble with colors. So no, oh, that's. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't mean to offend you. I'm sorry. I don't <laughs> know how you turn that around on me. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: no, just but in general, like, is there an origin story, or is it just pretty much what you covered? Like, you guys did stuff, and then you found the other two, and that's pretty much it, or is there yeah. More so like...
1: Jimmy and I have known each other um, ten years this December. Mm-hmm. And you better get me something nice. Um, <laughs> have
0: you been working together for that long or have you just known roughly, each other that long?
1: yeah. No, so we met in college at Western Washington University. I was doing um, improv with the Dead Parrot Society and also uh, a late night television show there. And Jimmy was starting up a stand-up comedy club. I'm looking to you, Jimmy, just to see, like, correct me yeah. if and when I'm wrong on this story. No, that's right. <laughs> um, so we met and he was starting a group called the Western Jesters and um had just sought me out just cuz i was someone who was doing comedy that was somewhat like stand up at points
2: i well yeah i i assumed there would be a stand up comedy club on campus and there wasn't so i decided to start one <laughs> and the first comedy show i went to was an improv show uh but kenny opened up the show with some stand up so i targeted him uh, <laughs> found him <laughs> on facebook <laughs> and asked him uh, back then when it was called the the Facebook. facebook. i was ah <laughs> oh, you beat me too <laughs> And uh, so I found him, asked him if he'd want to be the first, like, signing charter member. And so, yeah, the two of us started that group. And that's that's how we met. So we've been doing comedy together for 10 years. And then uh, when we <clears throat> when we started uh, now with Dames, like uh, Kenny said, we had Corey and Yola. Yola ended up taking a job in uh, – is it Houston? Houston. So she moved away, and we wanted to get some, some new talent. So we actually reached out to Clayton Weller mm-hmm. of the Pocket Theater. And uh, he is the one that introduced us to Christy. Um, he had met you – how did he know you? It
3: was – um, I, when I first moved here, I took an improv class, and then I emailed my improv teacher and was like, yeah, I want to do more stuff, and then she introduced me to Clayton, and Clayton introduced me.
0: So, it sounds like all your backgrounds are, are very different from Sketch. Like, one of the things that I've noticed talking to Sketch people is that there's very distinctive camps of of stand-up and improv and sketch like they do sort of overlap there's definitely kind of a venn diagram there but it does seem like very different sort of disciplines what does what made you guys decide to go more into sketch and less into the the other stuff you've been talking about
1: i can only speak personally on this i'm actually curious what either or both of you will say for me um like my window into comedy like growing up was i could always um, like memorize stuff off tv and just perform it for my grandma. And so uh when baseball stopped working out I was like I need a plan B that's you know something fun. Um so I got into theater but then I was only good at the haha stuff. Mm-hmm. And so like Saturday Night Live when I discovered that and Dennis Miller Live on HBO that was like mind blowing like people get paid to do this this is a thing. So I'd always had like kind of that combination for me as like where the first love was. Um explored stand up and inc- explored improv uh with varying degrees of success. <laughs> um and just as I was getting older, um, I'm about to be 31 myself, so the 40 pain, I, I don't feel you, but, <laughs> I'm, you know, trying to relate. Sure. Um, I just realized I was happiest in sketch, because one, you got to pre-write everything, and I really like writing, um, and two, you got to be part of a team. And that was one of my, the biggest drawbacks to me in stand-up was just, it's all on me, and I'd way dis- rather distribute that blame. Then just, like, take it all. It's all the, if it's not funny, who do you blame? Like, now I got, like, Jimmy and Christy and Corey. Not just Kenny.
2: Not just Kenny. And he does defer the blame. Absolutely.
0: Oh, of gets... course. I mean, that's that's part of being in a troupe. I mean, I, I've experienced something similar. For me, the big thing in being part of, like, a writing group is getting started. It is so hard to get started, and I don't know if you guys experience this the same writing on your own than it is sitting with people. You're kind of accountable to someone, and it's like, okay, good. Now this person's going to be disappointed, or they're going to mock me or whatever Like if I don't do something.
2: Agreed. Uh, and yeah, as for me, I first my first comedy love was stand-up. And I still do stand-up uh, occasionally, but Dames takes up a lot of my time, which I'm glad for. But uh, yeah, I... First time I ever found out you could do comedy for a living was when my mom let me listen to a Jeff Fox for the CD when I was a little kid. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, are you kidding? You can do this? And so I started doing stand-up. But then I found out that, yeah, I really did enjoy the writing portion um, a lot. And as far as being in sketch, I just like the community aspect of it. Like you said, having the accountability is great, but I'm just more of a social person. And like doing the the open mic, uh, the drudgery of the open mic scene, was just killing me, like having to give up three hours of every night for maybe two minutes on stage. Right. Just, I, It wasn't worth it to me, and this is just way better.
1: I'm so excited for Christy's part here because so far we've like – so I threw out Saturday Night Live and Dennis Miller. Let's go Dennis Miller Live. Mm-hmm. You throw out Jeff Foxworthy. Well,
2: and you said SNL. I actually was super as a kid into uh, mad TV. Mm-hmm. That was my first exposure to sketch was mad.
1: Hmm. Okay. Now we got. I'm really curious what Christie's first exposure is going to be because I I don't remember the answer to this if I know it.
3: It's going to be SNL. Oh, absolutely. Just like weekend marathons, all Saturday from like you know. So if you're watching marathons, then you're
0: watching the old stuff. Yeah. Comedy Central. Comedy Central.
3: Eighties, nineties, maybe some early two thousands, and then I kind of lost track of it. I like when I think about it like now that I'm in sketch I realize like that's always what I wanted to be like that yeah. that was like my dream job like it's kind of funny because I sort of like cycled in and out of uh, things that I wanted to like in college I was a hundred percent serious that I was gonna be like a musician like an acoustic singer songwriter, huh. and then I realized like it's really hard for me to take myself seriously. And now that I'm not like a teenager, I stopped writing songs about like <laughs> I'm just not angry anymore. <laughs> I just I don't have any angst about the boyfriend that I just broke up with because I stopped doing that. Because I you don't
2: know everything about the world anymore now. That you're yeah, out of <laughs>
3: exactly. So uh, I'm
0: trying to picture you as angry chick with guitar, and I'm kind of loving the image.
3: Yeah, it's I don't know like. It, it's she is an angry person <laughs> Oh sure. she's the oh, yeah. an angriest
2: of us by far
3: <laughs> which I, I hide that a lot I, I don't talk to a lot of people because I I find that they like me better if I keep my mouth shut <laughs>
2: <laughs> which is the opposite for us we love when she goes on angry ranch during rehearsals and writing sessions it's the best part of the day
1: <laughs> it's a huge reason so we do the news with dame segment because like one mm-hmm. of the biggest things that like continually occurred through my comedy career was doing some form of like update or on almost live sure. late report. Like that is where I feel most comfortable in comedy. Mm-hmm. And, but Christy is so funny and vicious and sharp in our meetings. I was like, this is the perfect avenue for that. So we're like, let's give that a whirl. And it's been delightful.
0: <laughs> well, the the thing that I saw, I unfortunately didn't see your full set, but I did see the uh, the the smaller set you guys did for Sketchfest. Um, and there was a recurring runner where she would punch you square in the face. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which, which sort of feeds into uh, the way you're describing it around, I imagine. Like, I'm seeing a look of delight on your face right now, Christy. Like, oh, yeah, punch it, Kenny. That was great.
3: I actually got him a little bit. Mm-hmm. Did you right? On the yeah. third punch. I didn't. Like, I felt like a brush, like a light brush on my hand. And he came back, like, touching his lip like he was bleeding a little bit. Yeah. And I was like, man, he's acting, like, really great. That was a nice touch, Kenny. And later, <laughs> he texts us, and he's like, so my wife asked me, like, what happened to my mouth?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I
0: to go get stitches on the way home (laughs) (laughs) whoever you had working sound for that was fantastic too because it like the the sound effects were just like perfectly timed
1: so that Uh, it it,
0: that was really backstage Backstage
2: with a mic very well done thank Uh, you i
1: want to give him and christy credit in that segment too so we had written it as a recurring piece where she would punch me three times Mm -hmm. and the right after that i had a joke about joan rivers that i was convinced would be like Oh, t- it was uh, two yeah, this
0: was like within a week of yeah. when she died. So, yeah. And, and
1: the joke was against the doctors. Like, I wasn't making fun of Joan, but I was like, oh, it's kind of a quick punchline. It's like two people will go, ha, ha, ha. And then the whole crowd will cascade in laughter afterwards. I was like, this is a money joke. This is the best one I got. I tell it. And it's rare that this happens, but I do enjoy it when it does. Like, I mean, not even like breathing sounds like everyone was just dead silent. Uh-huh. And it's like, oh, we're in a moment now. Um, So I turned to Christy right away. And I had no clue if Jimmy was backstage still at the mic. And I turned around and I'm like, quick, Christy, and whatever the punchline was to get her to punch me, I staring dropped contest. that. Quick, staring contest, go. Uh-huh. And I, I realized in that moment, I needed Christy to figure out that I want her to punch me right away. And I need Jimmy at a microphone backstage to make the punch sound effect. And I can indicate none of this to any of them. (laughs) But to both of their credits, Christy looked at me and right away went for the punch. And somehow Jimmy got to the mic like right right in time. So you guys have been
0: together long enough that you have that chemistry, that you have that connection, that you can you can communicate those things. Or was that just kind of a fluke?
1: No, I I would actually go with the former on that. I think there is a degree of chemistry of just kind of knowing each other and each of us have our own little comedy tells that you can kind of see where they're going. Or I'm sure I have mine, which like, oh, this is nothing serious. It's a joke from Kenny or, you know, things of that nature um, that we just we know each other well enough at this point.
0: Well, and I imagine having like a bit of an improv background, even if you just took a class or something, must help with
1: that, too. Right. Absolutely. Um
2: yeah, <laughs> I've never taken an improv class and I've only done improv maybe five times ever. Hmm. Uh, so my success in that moment was based nothing on nothing but pure panic. <laughs> so, <laughs>
1: That's when Jimmy's at his best. Yeah. <laughs> pure panic. <laughs> so
0: you, you talked about like sort of the, the the defining moment for each of you when you decided comedy was a thing. But mm-hmm. this is a slightly different question as far as what is the group's sort of Like, do you have any influences do you have any specific is there is there a voice is there a like i'm not saying you're copying this group or you're taking from but like like you look at at a certain troop or a certain performer and you say that's what we should be doing or that's our voice or we should take pieces of this or pieces like what is what is your sort of like what what ingredients go into the soup is basically what i'm asking
1: oh i'll go (laughs) 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 um I think we, we've had conversations that there are groups or even like kind of stand ups in the scene that are more surreal or like when you talk about sketch, like Mr. Show, mm-hmm. we have some weird pieces, but certainly not to that level or as even groundbreaking as I would call them. But we're more of an accessible group. So I think part of that is just that SNL mindset that comes in because that's a mainstream NBC show that needs to appeal to a wide um, amount of viewers. Sure. So, and I think a lot of the times that our sketches come out in such a way that it's almost like a television product at times the way it's centered as opposed to a theatrical product so I think you can definitely see I mean when you mention mad TV I mean I, I, I another huge influence for me is kids in the hall and I know like if, if people who are comedy fans look at sketches I've written you can see pieces that I just Unconsciously or consciously, just flat out, you see that. No, I, def- I definitely pick
0: up some kids in the hall. In yeah. There, but
1: yeah. Um, so, I, but I would say any like type of comedy or almost live, I, I, certainly for me with when I write stuff was is a big influence with kind of the local angle of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say accessible is probably one of the better words for our group where that influence comes in.
2: Yeah, we made the decision very early on that we wanted to do mostly like just pretty clean stuff, like PG thirteen, and we're I mean we all cuss and our horrible people out, outside of shows but we determined that we would like to give our, our stuff the broadest range of appeal and we wanted to be able to perform any of our sketches in front of any audience because when Kenny and I were in with Wilson we did a lot of really like blue stuff <laughs> <laughs> and one time we got asked to do a show for like at a church or something like that Oh no! and we were just like oh my god I think we have one sketch we can do and so that was a big learning experience for us <clears throat> well,
3: so. and I, th- I think that from our perspectives we're pretty much in agreement that like Cussing a whole bunch just for shock value, or just saying like horribly disgusting things for no reason, mm-hmm. is not useful or it's not like necessary. Sure. So we try and like kind of do things that are funny because they're funny, and not yeah. funny because like oh no, you just said that.
2: And you know, we tend to focus on being funny more than like Kenny said, like being uh like groundbreaking or anything mm-hmm. like that. We just want people to laugh.
1: And that's, uh, you know, I'll give credit to Corey, who's, you know, not here, but she's always had a really good radar for, like, wanting to invite, like, her family or her friends, mm-hmm. like, to come to a show and not be embarrassed that they've seen a show of ours. I think we took that seriously of, like, oh, why not put that out there beyond our family and friends? Like, if somebody comes to an out a dame show, the last feeling we want them to sh- walk away with is just shaking their head going, oh, that was kind of gross. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> so. Um, we try and keep it um, to a certain level at that point.
0: Sure. Um, did either of you have any any other things to add as far as the influences go? As far as like the the comedic voice of of the group and stuff like that.
2: I know that my I really try to create when I'm doing writing uh, characters that I could see being recurring because that was one of the things I really liked about Mad TV uh, as a kid was a lot of the recurring characters who now actually I find. Uh, it was just like repulsively uh, <laughs> like annoying but as a kid I really liked it and um, I think that Mad TV definitely overdid their recurring characters but that was something that I became fascinated with was mm-hmm. coming up with a really good because it can just be one tiny little thing that makes a character versus just you know, a random person in a script and uh, coming up with that sort of uh, character thing is a lot of fun for me and trying to picture like what would this person react like in a completely different situation so um, that's one of the things I took away from Mad TV, and that I definitely try to put into my writing and in my performances. Um, if I'm going to do something that I think might be recurring, um, I look at, you know, the actors like Deborah Wilson and Nicole Sullivan and Michael McDonald that had a lot of recurring characters.
1: So. Mm-hmm.
3: I definitely have to say, like we, when we talk about sketches together and when we write them and that kind of thing, even just on our own. We all seem to delight in world building mm-hmm. to the point where we've had to kind of rein it in because it's like you have enough information in this five-minute sketch. I know I'm looking at you, Kenny. <laughs> <laughs> no, the you exact could script. you could write an entire movie with the world that you've created, and you cannot <laughs> give that much information. But it's I think it's something that we all get really into. I,
0: that, that's something we've had on the podcast quite a bit because we've been at it for a while, and and. After a certain point when you have a body of work, and you guys have probably hit this as well, you're only four performers, and eventually you're going to hit a wall of, okay, we've done every possible voice we can do. I've played old woman, young woman, middle-aged. Like, okay, if this isn't a recurring character, then we need another performer because I've done every character I can possibly do. So there's there's definitely, I would say, a bit of that as well. Uh, so I, I don't even think we covered this. How long have you guys, like, as as you are currently now, how long have you been performing? Like, how long has this... Group in
1: um this version with Christy in it started last October mm-hmm. um the group itself um was I think February of 2013 so about a year and a half coming up on.
0: and it seems like you guys are working pretty hard at this like it seems like you you're, you're always doing shows you're yeah. doing videos you're like you're you're at it pretty regularly it's but.
1: not meant as a hobby ultimately so. sure yeah
2: yeah we have goals and we have like created like maps Oh yeah, we've done like a vision map. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's very hippie what we do sometimes, and but yeah, we definitely have goals and we are um, aggressively uh, chasing those goals. Well,
0: with, without getting too specific, because I'm sure some of that is like, well, maybe this, maybe this, whatever. Like, what just broad in broad terms, in Dame terms, what is the uh, like, uh, w- what's the objective? Like, what are you guys? What's the next step? Where where are you where are you trying to head with this?
2: I think the next step is to start doing shows like at a in a greater radius outside mm-hmm. of Seattle, but um, yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna lie. Like the ultimate goal would be for all of us. We've agreed is to make a living doing this. Absolutely. Um, and if we can figure that out, great. <laughs> and so that's everything we do is kind of towards that goal. <laughs> like I heard a story about uh, Jim Carrey did something like that, right? Where he said like he made he had some sort of calendar and he said like within like ex- x amount of time, I'm going to be paid twenty million dollars for doing a movie. And then he did that within his timeline, and uh, I actually found that to be very inspiring got yeah, so
1: mm-hmm. that's interesting <clears throat> it, it, was it inspiring because of the 20 million
2: I, I mean that helps <laughs> it definitely does but uh, I, I mean I don't know i'm I would just like to have achieved a goal of mine rather than make that much money because I would blow it like I would just I would probably buy a taco Bell franchise and then eat it into the ground oh because...
0: <laughs> well, that is the American dream I can it understand is that.
2: yeah. <laughs> Absolutely.
0: Um, Sort of circling back to the to the playing accessible material stuff. The the interesting thing is I can see that having seen a couple of your shows, but I don't really feel like like there's a line between that and there's no nice way to say it, pandering. And I don't think you guys do that. You don't come off as like playing lowest common denominator, playing like to the cheap seats. You know, like a lot of falling down fart jokes, and you know what I mean. Like there's there's still a level of sophistication to it. There's still a level of craft to it that isn't just here's something everyone's going to laugh at. And, and do you guys find that it's, it's a difficult line, or is it just sort of a natural voice?
1: You know, I, so on that, I'll use one of our recurring pieces that, that I do, is the Cary Grant and the monkey pieces. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, that's a very simplistic concept. That's literally <laughs> Cary Grant gets fooled by a monkey, believes the monkey's a human, monkey reveals it's not, Cary Grant gets angry. That's every single, there is never a change. Sometimes there's a different animal. But the like the foundation of that came to okay that's kind of a funny concept but putting Cary Grant specifically in that and I had several people like who's Cary Grant I don't know and like I'm I for me personally I, I don't care <laughs> the more obscure the reference the happier I am like as long as I know who it is the right people will figure it out and so I think when I write those or perform those and I've seen that in some of our other sketches too where that that mindset comes if you really believe in the piece it really doesn't matter either what pop culture reference you're doing or. The way you're playing the jokes—if you just trust that um, it doesn't matter if the majority will get it, the the cool right people will get it, and then everyone will follow the cool right people. Well, <laughs> so, and in the
0: in the case of that particular bit, I I quite like it, but at the same time, it's enjoyable just on oh he's doing a funny voice and there's a monkey. <laughs> yeah, it I doesn't mean, matter if I know who Cary yeah. Grant is.
2: Oh, I've yeah. stopped doing the Cary Grant impression. <laughs> so, now it's just a British accent, kind you, of, and you kind of, and you just say that you're Cary Grant. <laughs> <laughs> so
1: that was the that was my one, like. I don't know if panders there, but that was like my one um, thing I gave out. There was like every time I'll introduce it that I'm famous movie actor Cary Grant, because <laughs> at first I was like, oh, I'm doing a really good impression, and then I just, <laughs> I just didn't care anymore. I was like, oh, I just want to get to the monkey fooling me. So how quickly can I do that and just shelve all accuracy? But no, I, I think that's. Uh, it, I think, I mean, Christy, I think does a really good job of having a radar for what's crap and what's good mm-hmm. yes. and is not shy about saying that. Like, I, I'll say this. It's the, the funnest part of writing for me right now is when we do the news segment and I'm writing jokes to pitch there. Mm-hmm. Pitching them to Christie's the most amazing thing. Cause <laughs> like doing
2: an open mic. is terrifying.
1: Like, right now, at times, I'll throw in intentionally bad jokes because I just want to see what she's going to do with <laughs> that. Like, it's fun. Um, but there's, like, a good radar, like, within the group and a trust to be able to say, eh, that's nah, not that great. Or, oh, so as opposed to, like, hey, we're in the group. Everything you do is good. Let's do it on stage. Right. Um, that's not the mindset. Mm-hmm. We-, we can be particularly... Um, uh, vicious for lack of a better word with each other not trying to hurt feelings but sure. it's about people are paying money to come see us let's make sure it's a good product that they're I think that's
3: probably on. my favorite part of working with you guys is that um, if you put something out there like you actually know if it's good or bad because they'll say like this is terrible you can't do right. that and, and we're all very blunt about it and the, the good thing is that there's an understanding of we all want this to be good we all are blunt about our opinion on it, and it's just important for it to be funny, and I think that that's the opinion of the person getting criticism, too. So, like, you can literally just say, like, no, I don't like that. That's not funny. And nobody's feelings will be hurt. They'll be like, mm, I see your point. Let's change it.
0: Now, as individual writers, do you have sort of a, I came up with a great idea, but this isn't a Now With Ames idea? Like, is there, a, is there a, that much of a defined vibe of what you guys are that sometimes you might have a good piece of material that just doesn't work for the group
2: or i can say i've personally done that where i've actually even written things out almost like a spec script and Mm -hmm. then like yeah i don't think that's gonna fit with the voice and in terms of not pandering to people i know that when when i'm writing something solo or when we're writing as a group i'm always keenly aware of not doing that lowest common denominator thing because we we do want to be funny but we also want to stand out and if we just did that then we're just if we did the the fart jokes falling down whatever we would just be the class clown like sure it gets a gets a cheap laugh but nobody would remember us and so we i definitely am aware of like trying to have a certain voice and i do think that our things even though they we do focus on just being funny there is definitely um some kind of a, a voice to what we do um mm-hmm. very in a in a loose sort of term um but it's, it, it is a lot of fun to go through something and, and, and actually look at my writing and say, oh, yeah, no, I don't, I don't think this would fit with Dames. And then it's not like I have another outlet for it. Like, it's just going to go away because I'm not right. in another group or anything. Sure. It's not like I have a side project. And uh, But, yeah, so I, I think for me personally, there is there's definitely a voice um, for the group, and I've definitely kicked a couple ideas into the wastebasket that mm-hmm. just don't go.
0: It, it's interesting because you, you talk about funny and, and this isn't like a criticism. I agree with this from, from a comedy writing standpoint, but you talk about funny as sort of this very like objective thing, like it's funny or it isn't funny. Mm-hmm. Like you can just define that and it seems like you guys have a really good sense of what's going to play well, whereas some other people I've talked to have been like, Well, I know the audience is gonna like this, but I don't care. I think it's funny. Like and it seems like you guys have a much better sense of well the, the the people are gonna think this funny like the you know you understand what I mean like yeah. there's a difference mm-hmm. between sort of the essence of this is comedy this is pure like scientific comedy versus no no people are going to like this that's an important element we the, you can't leave that out
1: and I, I I used to have much more of that where it's mm-hmm. like I don't care as long as I find it funny we're doing it right. um, not necessarily in this group because I came you know a little bit older into this group and. Having taken some comedy, you know, lumps on the way, um, but now I think I think that definitely has a place within comedy. There was a, an interesting thing um, I'm paraphrasing, if not flat out misphrasing it, but hopefully I'm getting it right. Um, that Chevy Chase talking about when he originally did update that. The, the premise was like he didn't care if like the whole audience laughed. It was like if six guys watching TV in an apartment in New York laughed, he knew he had the right people. Mm-hmm. But I think it has a place, certainly in our news segment, to throw in jokes here or there that like, ah, we can lose the audience. It's all of five seconds. Or like short pieces that can have that. But if the foundation of a group is like that, then you're probably just going to stay playing for ten people for years and years versus trying to, again, like I, I'm a viewer. When I'm not on stage, like right. 99.9% of my comedy life is spent watching comedy. So I have things I like. And I know I, I prefer when you get the sense that there is an idea of inclusion or like, mm-hmm. oh, you are trying hard versus.
2: And that's one of the things about the Seattle sketching. There's, there's a lot of groups here that are really good at putting out like genuinely funny things. And they each have their own voice. And I oh, shit. What was, the, what was the original question? What were talking about? It doesn't matter. Just hey, go yeah, where the conversation just go. <laughs> just run. No, I know. I mean, this, this can all get edited out. I, I had a... No, this is live. I know. Although
3: <laughs> we are going to get fined by the FCC because yeah. we said I, shit. I'm this. not
1: paying it. Well, now you've done it. <laughs> Two, fine. Fine, <laughs> Two fines, Christy. Uh,
2: Two fines. Jog my memory. What were you just talking about? <laughs> I was talking about the idea
1: of just pleasing yourself on stage versus pleasing <laughs> <audience>. <laughs> Not pleasuring yourself on not
0: stage.
2: Yourself. <laughs> uh, right. I remember my point now. Thank you. We each have pretty defined senses of humor um even though a lot of us do the four of us do find a lot of the same things funny uh we do come at it from a slightly different angle and Mm -hmm. so when we are writing if one of us finds something funny we are able to argue for that as like here's why it's funny and here's why i think other people will think it's funny and a lot of times that's worked out for us Mm -hmm. Um, we will have discussions about okay well there's other people that are going to have my sense of humor and i think they'll laugh at it and So we get in for that reason and even though we do try to be broadly funny we do also have very specific uh sorts of comedy sensibilities that we
1: bring to it and that trust goes back to like the more like that chemistry and getting to know each other and trust not only like we're friends like a lot of our meetings get derailed for just like talking as friends Uh um but like that trust comedically of each other where then like it allows the group to take risks that even if all four aren't signed off up top but like oh like you've got some history here that I trust you like for example I think I've talked about this and if not I'm sorry I'm breaking the news on a podcast but Mm -hmm. um western theme which is a sketch that Christy wrote um that she and Jimmy do um a a very funny piece that traditionally like does very well with audiences Mm -hmm. first time that was pitched I mean it's my own fault I I just didn't get it and I was like, okay like uh, sure but um, but the idea behind it like you were so convinced like this is a, this is gonna work this is and you can just tell when somebody's like no 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 no, just because you don't see the vision just, I'm I'm not gonna intentionally harm the group We're do- just just watch this and then either it will like fall flat and we have a good laugh about it. Or in the case of Western theme, it becomes come something that like when we have showcase shows like we that are did important. That sketch at bumber shoot. Yeah, like that's right. one that. Oh, okay. This is in front of people that are seeing us for the first time. That's going in there where you can kind of have that trust to take risks. Now, for the group.
0: for people who haven't seen you before, what just real quick, what is the premise of that sketch? Christy?
3: Um. So there are two, I don't know, cowboy people that meet <laughs> each other, and then they stand off for a gunfight, and they circle each other, and while circ... well everything that we do we make the actual sound effects with our mouths mm-hmm. so then we're like tink 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 and then <laughs> circle each other and while we're circling each other we go back and forth with the like um what is it the good the bad and the ugly theme And mm-hmm. we're yeah. like <laughs> and then we go pew pew with our own guns and and Cory runs out and is like stop you don't have to do this and we're like yes we do and she's like no the guns they make their own noise and then <laughs> Kenny makes the noise off stage and that's it <laughs> yeah,
1: it's it's a it's a really it's a piece that gets buried in your head like i i'm not kidding last night jess and i started doing that good bad and the ugly (laughs) theme to each other uh, jess is my wife and just alone just like and i was like oh my god that that, that whole piece is just it's really fun to do but again uh, up top i I didn't get it (laughs) no it seemed
0: "Ah, it seemed like a bit on paper that wouldn't quite makes sense if you just sort of read it 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 seems very performance driven like until you actually see people doing and hear the sounds and all that it it wouldn't really work but then like once it you know once you actually see it
3: i actually sometimes i um tell my boyfriend about the ideas and like read them to them before i pitch them and he didn't get it either like i feel like nobody got it when it was on paper and in my head i was like "Ah, (laughs) (laughs) i really want to do this it's hilarious and
2: (laughs) <laughs> we did this festival uh, in Olympia, and that's the only time my mom ever came to see a show. She came up from Vancouver, and uh, at the end of the show, I was like, oh, so what was your favorite sketch? And I was like, internally, like, the the, the part of me that's still a child and wants to please my, my mother, like was hoping she was gonna pick something that I at least had a hand in writing. Uh-huh. She was like, oh, I really like that Western one. And I was like, uh oh,
3: oh,
2: I had nothing to do with that. Yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> she likes Christy better than me. <laughs> so Maybe you really, it was your performance. You, no. <laughs> you really hurt my inner child that day, Christy. I to know that. She is smiling at that right now. <laughs>
0: I really didn't see the vicious thing before you told me, but now that I'm looking for it, I absolutely see
1: it. We've her, opened her Pandora's smile, box. It, it curls
2: like the Grinch at the, in the corners. <laughs>
0: I was wondering why she had that little dog outside. I guess yeah. waiting for you to be finished and then.
3: <laughs> We're going planning to our, our yearly stealing Christmas, but. <laughs>
0: that 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 sack looks huge. Like it, it looks like it can really hold a lot of stuff. So, uh, like, good good luck in Whoville this year.
3: It can thank you. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs>
0: Um, so you talk about the, the Seattle sketch scene and I'm, I'm sort of peripherally aware, peripherally involved, but what, like there's certain things coming in from the outside. Like I started doing a podcast sort of on my own. I've sort of like been like the thing about doing podcasting and stuff like that is you're working in a vacuum. You, you don't really get the live audience. You don't really get the instant feedback of, is this funny? You just kind of send it out in the world and hope for the best. And usually nothing happens just cause that's how it goes. But, um, the, uh, the, the, the interesting thing I've noticed is there seems to be a distinct style that everyone's writing to that everyone sort of knows like I, I started going to to Clayton's writing group and they talk about like game and they talk about all these concepts. Where does that come from like are, are these just sort of like did you guys learn about sort of sketch you know structure in
2: school or did it just sort of like someone show you or like where did <laughs> For me, I just started writing. Mm-hmm. That was it. I No, I've, I've never taken any sort of creative writing class, uh, which probably shows sometimes. And uh, yeah, as far as just like the, the different tropes uh, that exist, uh, nobody ever told me about them. I just always write something that I think is funny. Sure. And that's pretty much it for me.
3: I actually was convinced that I was not a writer and I would be terrible at stuff like that. And I was like, so afraid like I was like yeah I'm just gonna do this I'm gonna try it out if it doesn't work out that's fine and so our first meeting when I pitched stuff I was terrified because I was like this is gonna be awful and it's not making sense and it it went okay <laughs> 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 but um, I think I, I did eventually like learn about those like terms because mm-hmm. um, I went to like a, a sketch writing class or something but, sure um, yeah I feel like they're like we don't really use them unless we need to like talk about them but I don't think that we necessarily think about them. As far as on, on my side, I don't really think about that when I do it.
1: Not. So f- for me with the background, like I- I've done like a stand-up comedy class before like when I was young, like 16. Um, I had done so in my improv group, we uh, got to go to the Chicago Improv Festival in 2005. And as part of that, which was really cool, got to do some classes. And one of them was a sketch writing class <laughs> and with like one of the like, big Chicago dudes there. And very nice guy. And he was breaking his first time, like, learning about, like, the different types of sketch. Like, this is this is the game of this scene. Or I remember mm-hmm. the one, because he would show us video clips. And the one I specifically remember was um, from a Saturday Night Live hosted by Wayne Gretzky, um, where it was Waikiki Beach. And it was, like, a parody of 50s, like, beach blanket bingo movies, mm-hmm. um, but with, like, hockey as a recurring theme. And he's like, so you're marrying two genres here, and this is what it looks like. And it got the wheels turning in my head. But... Beyond that, like the feedback I've always gotten any time I do classes for myself is that I'm always either I'm way too in my head, <laughs> <laughs> or I'm the the thinker. When they say it positively, of like, oh, intellectual. Whether I mean that's not true. I just wear glasses. <laughs> but um, but I for me in my writing style, like the more if I got too obsessed with the rules, like mm-hmm. I'd be paralyzed. I can't I can't write with that. So instead, I'll look at like the basic gist of like okay, if one sketch has a, uh, a character who's talking to an audience, like a talk show format, maybe we don't do that in the next sketch. Or, oh, this one's a pop culture sketch, maybe we do something. You know, just, you kind of marry different genres and, like, the the specifics of what you're doing, but not, you're absolutely right, like, the scene does a really nice job here of, like, here's the game of this, or mm-hmm. this is that. And I, I try and be aware of it without going too far in depth, just for my own personal failings, that I would not handle that well. Well, it,
0: it, it sounds like, you guys aren't so concerned with the scientific structure of it, of the this is by numbers how you write a sketch and and yeah. it, it works for you. Like it's not a you know that's that's not a criticism certainly, but it sounds just from talking to you guys about process, it's not really a thing no. you're all that concerned Kenny.
2: with. Uh, Kenny actually, I would say, is the most knowledgeable about structure and process out of any of us because, in addition to being like a super fan of SNL, he's actually like a a very like keen student of sketch like, mm-hmm. and uh, so I think that he, he does help bring that to the group like sometimes we do need to have some sort of a structure and if we have written a sketch idea or a concept that we aren't able to rein in Kenny is the guy that is able to put a some sort of a form to it and help it to take shape in that way so I'd say that you're the one that does that the most but you're also not you know bound by that by any stretch
3: and I would say one thing that we started doing um and I feel like we've gotten a lot better after we started doing it was editing our sketches <laughs> and not just kind of going through and being like, okay, it's good, I think. But going through like every single line and saying like, is this funny? Is it concise? Does is it every word necessary? Right. And then like, is anything here repetitive? Yeah. And and cutting out anything just ruthlessly, I think.
1: And that's the, um. so it actually goes to when Jimmy and I were in Backflip Wilson a lot of the time. And, and we complained about this even though like we had the power to change it and we didn't but um uh a lot of the times the sketches that audiences in bellingham saw there were first draft sketches Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so we pitch it made the guys laugh whatever and then it goes on stage and there were laughs within there but then there were four other minutes that uh, (laughs) stuff that was being done on stage um Versus here, the idea was not only were we adding female cast members just for like a great, I mean, th- there are, I-, I do believe, like gender specifics to like tone and whatnot that can come in mm-hmm. from male and female performers and writers. Um, but also the idea of just because it's your first draft and you're obviously going to love it, that's why you're pitching it. Mm-hmm. Um, not everything is needed. Like now, it um, I really don't like seeing sketches that are beyond like four pages tops. Five makes me just like, uh, like it, <laughs> I mean, it has to be an incredibly good game going on there of like, oh, this is what you're building. Um, beyond that, try and keep it to three and four. And, and, and all of us, um, you know, Corey, who I, I wish we were here. Like, I, her input would be amazing on this. Yeah. Um, but we do a really nice job of trying to, all right, it doesn't have to be this long or not that's every actually, word is needed.
0: That's actually maybe the first thing that really struck me about you guys the first time I saw you was how sort of concise, like your show really moved along there wasn't a lot of like in every sketch show on tv on stage wherever there's always like one sketch where it's like why is this still happening i get the point come on i know rule of threes but do you have to do another one you know like (laughs) you guys didn't have a lot of that you had a lot of really really quick stuff you had a lot of like blackout stuff like like quick runners where you come out for 30 seconds and then bail and you talk about kids in the hall as a uh, as an influence that was something i always admired about them is yes they would have sketches that were 10 seconds long. Come in, get deliver the point, and leave before it got mm-hmm. tedious. And you guys seem to do a lot of that, and I like that a lot.
1: It's funny. I love sketch comedy as a viewer. Like, if I were to choose, you know, between improv, stand-up, and sketch, like, what's the one you want? Sketch would be the one I would choose 10 times out of 10. But it's interesting, like, doing sketch, I can't necessarily just watch it as a fan of, like, they're just trying to make me laugh. Like, it's I'm always constantly breaking down. Like, I... You know, this is what they're doing or this is what they're going and you can tell on certain sketches like when they go well you're seeing that rhythm go like oh it's surprising or oh they aren't going to do a rule of three or mm-hmm. you know, xyz versus you can tell and this is across any show and, and we've been guilty of it ourselves in shows when it's like okay we've hit beat one and it didn't go great but clearly there's another three to five minutes coming uh-huh. <laughs> from the same sketch that I'm stuck in and even though it's just like five or six minutes it feels so
0: that, yeah, that sounds to the average person like nothing, but on stage, five or six minutes is oh like, gosh. yeah, a couple of hours. <laughs> um, but I, I just, I find it really interesting. Like, like I say, the world that I come from is, is very like, I can edit everything, I can pare it down, whatever. But getting in front of people, the logistics of being able to do a sketch in 30 seconds must be much more difficult for you. Like to be able to, to, to run out there and do that thing and then have the next thing happen and have the next thing happen like
1: Well yeah, and we had to learn that. So from backflip Wilson, our way of doing sketches was we would do a sketch, blackout, lights up, sketch like it was very stilted. There wasn't necessarily flow to the show. We mm-hmm. did that like once or twice down here and Clayton very kindly kinda of took us to the side and was like, Oh, like there's another way yeah, Um, it's called any other way yeah. <laughs> than that.
2: Well, I remember the first time I saw it happen live, like without because I, I was under the impression that's how you had to do it was after every sketch, blackout, that way the audience knows it's done. But then I went to a show uh, in Seattle, and there was a, a great local group called the Pork Filled Players. And they were the that's the first time I ever saw live a sketch group not do like blackouts and just in between sketches, they would just scatter. And come back and then it was a new scene and it was always very obvious that it's a new scene, they're new characters now. And even in Backflip, we would do this thing where for every sketch we would change clothes. Like we would put on like a different Mm t-shirt and that meant we were a new character and it was such a waste of time. And uh, and the Porkfield players to me, I was like, oh wow, this is way better. Like
1: was... that was yeah. You know, uh, I remember Clayton also said that to us about like the changing of attire or all the uh-huh. props, and he's like, no one cares. And <laughs> in my mind, I'm like, no, they absolutely—it's their artistic integrity. Yeah. Um, and then like we did one show without, him, and I was like, oh no, he was totally right. Yeah. Like every part of that, like not a word or syllable is wasted from him no. in that. And so we just learned because I I had like kind of a preconceived notion that like the artistic you know fades or someone like crosses. Uh, across the stage as a new character and they start it was very theater oriented and i have no problem with that but for me that's not my own personal goal like that's not the medium i want to just remain in like i I like the idea of I mean, television, I like the idea of cameras and having a budget and having stuff like that. Um, but then I kind of had to, like, back off and relax and be like, well, that's that's all cool as a goal, but, like, the format you're doing, the avenue you're doing the show is in a theater right. or a studio, so why not subscribe to those rules? And it just flowed a lot better.
3: I remember comparing, like, what we do now to uh, the first show that I was with them for. We made a concerted effort to, like, make our transitions faster mm-hmm. and make sure that, like, and and I think that we kind of had to get used to the fact that, like, one person can stay on stage. They can be the same person that was in that last sketch. Mm-hmm. They can suddenly be a new character, and everyone else can come on stage and, and start the new thing. And um, I think that last time, like, the very first time we spent a lot of time running off stage and grabbing our props and coming back on. And mm-hmm. um, now we kind of, like, leave one person on stage and bring the props to us, and, like, it just gets it, the next one started way faster. And seeing videos of us do it, I think it's... Right. I think it's a lot better than. Now, way. do
0: you guys do a lot of that? Do you do a lot of like watching like post game analysis, like how do, okay we fucked up here. Now don't don't do this again, Kenny or Christy. You did good here or whatever. Not
1: like breaking down a video like that as a group and even saying it out loud or hearing that. Mm-hmm. I'm like that
2: might not be a bad idea. Um, what we'll typically do, lot, yeah, you know, we I'm. We the tape, but we know where we screwed up
1: and i'm um I feel like for me I'm the most self critical as a person and of the group, so even if we had what's perceived as like a great show mm-hmm. um if you want to keep that good feeling, don't come talk to me after a show because' <laughs> like I will point out every flaw, starting with mine, but then it'll branch out um just the idea of like having done comedy enough live, and by no means am I an expert, but just like it's like an athlete where it's like you you know like how to hit the ball or where the mm-hmm. you missed your run or tackle, but like for this like oh if we had held like one more beat this would have been a better laugh or oh i trampled over this line or i switched that dialogue or cadence like those little things that an audience either doesn't know or because they're saying don't care about but like that's all you know we can so we'll talk about that after show certainly right after shows and then like at our next meeting Mm -hmm. but as far as like looking at tape we don't do that at all.
0: Yeah. But <laughs> well, it seems like you each have sort of a, a role in the group. Like you you seem to be the more critical analytical person. I guess christy's the mean one. So Jimmy, <laughs> what did, where does that leave you?
2: I honestly don't know. I I know that we like to play this game where we compare ourselves to different performers, mm-hmm. uh, like SNL performers and Kenny loves to try to do that. And Favorite. uh he and that actually he can't pin one down for me. Uh I don't know what my role is. Um I'm just glad that they let me hang around. <laughs> I uh I think one thing that I do enjoy, and I don't know if this is my role in the group, but when we'll be writing a sketch together as a group, um, I think one of my strengths, I'm not the best uh, person at coming up with concepts for a sketch. Um, I think Christy, Kenny, and Corey are significantly better at that than I am. But I think that uh, one of my strengths is uh, riffing off of that. And when we're writing a sketch together, uh, just coming up with little tags or punchlines, I um, like mm-hmm. Once I once once I get my mindset, like, okay, this is the world I'm in and these are the characters I'm dealing with, I think I'm pretty good at finding a voice for them and coming up with funny lines.
1: Sure. He's absolutely right about that. He's being a little modest up top because we, what we discover, it's like kind of, you know, as we get to know each other and do this group of like, oh, holy crap, like we're not playing to your strength or your strength. They're like, why are we not putting you in this? Like Christy coming into a new segment, like you were being put in a lot of like, nice roles or you know kind of this versus like no behind the scenes you were cracking us up so much every single
2: week because she looks innocent (laughs) yeah you don't know she's very innocent looking young lady and uh but yeah she's vicious
1: (laughs) so we were like okay we need to we need to bring that out so the audience can see what we're seeing right um the flip side to jimmy like he's an amazing straight man but he doesn't look like it. Like, your look, like, you used to have the spiky hair. Like, right now, it's for those who can't see him because it's not a video. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this his is hair a good, is, is gone. Yeah. Right now. But the idea light. if people could look at photos of both of us, your performance would match perfectly with my look. You yeah, know, because yeah. I, I look like a Republican banker straight from 1950. <laughs> <laughs> and you look a little more like kind of. Hardcore, yeah. I don't know how to describe it, but you, you, he's such an amazing straight man performer that (laughs) because visually, when we're writing, you kind of go towards, okay, this will be the Kenny role or this will be blah blah. Right. When we started watching his performances, like, no, Jimmy's by far the one to anchor a sketch with because he will keep that energy that will allow the craziness to go around. Like, one of the best pairings for me as an audience member to watch in our group is when Jimmy and Corey get into a sketch because Corey is this amazing energetic like one of just the best performers period i've ever seen she has a great physical presence physicality yeah even if like she wasn't in this group or i didn't know her like i would still say that's one of the top in just in this scene or Mm -hmm. that i've ever personally viewed in my life so when you put that energy in a sketch Mm -hmm. versus jimmy anchoring it down to allow that craziness to flourish while still getting his laughs that's where he does really well and that's where like Corey strengths in the group mm-hmm. like we know like if it's a performance centered piece mm-hmm. we have her as our ace in the hole to like go and just like destroy the audience with that like it's it's a wonderful <laughs> gift
2: yeah when i write a sketch that includes some physicality i just assume Corey's gonna play it <laughs> which is kind of like i don't even let christy or kenny like audition for it i'm just like oh here's, no no this, this is, is, is cory's role clearly mm-hmm. cause sure. she's, uh, and she is amazing at that and actually Corey plays a character called daphne There's this manic crazy character and my mother, my sister, and my girlfriend have all said we should make like Daphne T-shirts. My <laughs> wife said the same thing yeah. independently of and, that. Yeah, and that that they want Daphne T-shirts. So. <laughs> and,
1: and that's again, it's a it's a nice uh, you like to have that rhythm within the group of like. So for me, I'm not as comfortable like kind of a joke with my range is like now it's Kenny Davis as a cop. Now it's Kenny Davis as whatever. Mm-hmm. Like it's just yeah. it it I shine through, and part of that is the influence of. Like, when I first started getting into comedy like this, like, um, it was Dennis Miller, who's just Dennis Miller. Uh-huh. And then my SNL era, they say, like, your high school era of SNL is the one that you get married to. Right. So, my era had Norm MacDonald on Weekend Update. Mm-hmm. And so, if that's my favorite, like, segment of the whole show, I was growing up on performers who were detached enough that they wouldn't fully, like, go into a role like a Phil Hartman or a Parnell. Sure. Visually, I look much more like a Hartman Parnell type, <laughs> but I don't have that attitude necessarily. Versus someone like Corey will go and have it a role and you won't see Corey in it at all. Yeah, and I've right. always been so not jealous, but like, wow, that's w- what an amazing thing I don't have. And thank God she can fill it. Well, and if you're going
0: to have a troupe, it's good to have that, you know, it's absolutely good to have all of that. Yeah. So well, and the good. thing
3: that I think is an underrated strength of Cory is like she has that such a powerful presence where she's like the crazy one, but she. Doesn't like take over, somehow. Like I don't really understand how it works, but she actually like everyone else is in the sketch, and you can tell. And she just plays that part. She
1: doesn't suck the air out of a room. Like she allows the other performers to have some play time within there. And that's again like with your comedy style, Christy. Like one of the things she does really well is similar to Jimmy, but you can anchor a sketch around her because she's going to do a really nice job energy wise of allowing the craziness to go around mm-hmm. but your craziness is a lot different when it happens because like we had a sketch where um christy had um impregnated Corey. like we were all just playing ourselves and you know the joke was you know who's who's the father and it was christy <laughs> just, <laughs> christy has such like a detached attitude of like hey yeah you're welcome <laughs> that <kind of> stuff. <laughs> and that plays so well because like none of us have that Whereas again that detached cool right i, I would argue christy's our coolest cast member oh, and again God. that um prior to her of no disrespect to anybody in the group or folks who were in the group like we never had that before a cool yeah. cast member right we, we have that with christy if
2: we put ray-bans on christy i, I would be too intimidated to talk to her <laughs> <laughs> <That cool. laughs> so it's, it's she's a, got a nose ring it's yeah yeah Yeah. that's pretty
1: and again you kind of marrying the um physical with like the attitude where again the physicality of christy is very like sweet and innocent and you don't necessarily see some of the more um brutal (laughs) jokes coming but like she can get away with them in such a way that like i i can't (laughs) like i don't have that look jimmy doesn't have that look right um so it's a nice mix of um performers i think in the group that like as individuals just comedically as people like we all get along really really well Mm -hmm. um if you looked at our individual styles you wouldn't necessarily be like oh that that doesn't seem like that's going to mix very well but i mean you put it on stage in a team and it just i mean everybody's strengths seem to play at everybody's weaknesses and vice versa where it's like we're just picking each other up to put like the best product forward so it's, it's nice
0: excellent All right, well, we're about uh, ready to wrap up here. Uh, As far as uh, where, because uh, our audience isn't just based in Seattle, so how else can they find you guys? Like, I know you've done some YouTube stuff, or at least some Vines, I know I've I've seen those. Uh, How how can they find you out on the internet?
1: Um, I've Googled before. If you type in Now with Dames, you'll come to our stuff. Like, we have a Facebook page, um, YouTube. Both of them are like facebook.com slash Now with Dames, and same with YouTube. We do have a Vine. Uh, We haven't done it in a while. We have Twitter. Um, we're not the greatest at social media, so yeah. as far as updates, those are few and far between. Sure. When we talk about vision maps, audience listening who's not here in Seattle and those in Seattle, that's on our next steps as we get are, better yeah, at that.
2: We are building a website. I mean, it's not its not currently under construction, but we, do, we did finally obtain the rights to nowwithdames.com, uh-huh. um, and we're actually in the market for somebody to build the website, so we're looking at that. Um, so that will be hopefully not too far in the future. That will
1: be done. You said your Excellent. listening audience isn't just Seattle. What's your furthest away listener you've ever heard from?
0: Oh, uh, India, probably. Wow. Australia. All, all over the damn place. But, yeah. That's outstanding. Yeah, it, it is. And that's why I do like to, like, we are part of a local thing, and I definitely like to say, you guys play locally, and, and, and if you have any stuff to promote, by all means, do that. Mm-hmm. But I do like to put the word out sort of in a wider sense. Like, if you have an internet presence, more people can find you that way.
1: Yeah. yeah sure. uh, well, we know that. <laughs> so we've got to get better at it. Because it's like, I think we have a decent, hopefully, uh, hopefully uh, reputation on the local Seattle scene. Mm-hmm. But, you know, for steps you want to take forward, you probably need to get good at the internet thing and so that's like something we need to get
0: better Pod- podcasts aren't a bad step in that direction nah, yeah, like, Look at that.
1: do you have a favorite city from people who listen like was like a there a listener who you were like oh you were so cool that I now love like Springfield Ohio. I
0: honestly don't think of it that way just really? because like we do um, we're very nerd based like mm-hmm. we're very you know in that direction and so we do a lot of promo at Emerald City Mm-hmm. And we get a lot of people coming up. Actually, we got this more in Portland at the Rose City Comic Con. Are so you are you local here? Do you record here? I said like, it's the internet, right? You know, you know, I can put it on the internet. You can hear it anywhere. Yeah, but is it local? I I just don't think of it in those terms because,
3: <laughs> and and you got questions about being local in Portland a lot. Yeah, Weird. yeah, way
0: more important than we than we did in Seattle for some reason. No, but like like my co-host is in Canada currently. He's moving yeah. to the U.S. But and a lot of my voice actors are scattered sort of around the country. Sure, it's sure. it's not difficult to do that kind of thing now. But yeah. because people are locked into the mindset of oh you guys like you guys are a comedy troupe. You go on stage in Seattle. You play to audiences in Seattle. That's how they think of it. It's like mm, you don't have to just do that. Yeah. So do you have any any upcoming shows or anything you want to you want to promote or I mean, I know Sketchfest is wrapped up, so it might be sort of a coming into more of a down period like I don't want to.
2: Yeah, no, we have a couple of things coming up. Uh, we will be at the Pocket Theater uh, in Seattle on Thursday, November 6th, as well as Thursday, December 4th. Uh, on the November show, uh, we're headlining a showcase. And then on December 4th, we're just part of the showcase. Um, Both shows are at the pocket, um, usually, I think, what, 7 p.m. start time. But anyway, uh, those are the next things that we have coming up.
3: And we might do a Christmas show, right? Absolutely. We really want to do a Christmas show, but we haven't actually planned it yet.
0: Excellent. Looking Mm -hmm. forward to that. This show was produced by me, Ron Algar-Watt, and featured Christy Brannon, Kenny Davis, and Jimmy Sorrentino. It was recorded at the Pocket Theater in Seattle. My thanks to the inimitable Clayton Weller for making that possible. Now with Dames can be found on Twitter at, at nowwithdames, on youtube.com slash nowwithdames, and also facebook.com slash nowwithdames. And be sure to check out the sketch that they wrote and performed in Sarcastic Voyage episode 183. To learn more about me, visit Algar, A-L-G-A-R dot com. Thanks for listening.